Holy Spirit, would you fill this place? Change the atmosphere. God, we know that your word says that in the presence of God, there is joy and eternal pleasures at your right hand. So God, would you fill this place with your presence, with the presence of the Holy Spirit. God with us. We know your, your desire has always been to be with your people. Even in the garden, you, you walk through the garden with Adam and Eve and you would talk with them and be in relationship with them. You gave the Israelites the, the tabernacle and then the temple so that your presence could be there with your people. Then you sent Jesus, your son, God in the flesh to walk this earth and to again for your presence to, to be with your people. And then Jesus said there would be one that would come after him, the Holy Spirit, who would lead us and guide us and direct us into all truth. And through the Holy Spirit, once again, you would be with us, except now in the new covenant, the Bible says that we are now the temple of the living God and the Holy Spirit lives within us. It resides within us. And so God, we, we realize tonight that for those of us that are followers of Jesus, your, your presence resides in us through the Holy Spirit, that we are temples of the Holy Spirit and, and us here together as the family of God, your presence is here with us through the Holy Spirit. And so would you just ask in this moment, God, would you fill this place with your presence, with your spirit? Would you speak to me tonight through your spirit? Would your spirit move in my heart and change my heart and change my desires? Spirit, would you come and heal me? I'm broken. I'm anxious. I'm stressed. Spirit, would you come and bring healing to me? I need your help. God, I've drifted from you. Spirit, would you come and renew my first love for Jesus tonight? You see, only the Holy Spirit can do those things. We can sing songs and I can preach messages, but the Holy Spirit is the only one that can bring about that change in someone's heart. It's not me, it's not Mark. It's only the Holy Spirit that can do that. So ask the Spirit to move in you tonight. You may not even know what all that looks like. We're gonna talk a little bit more about what that looks like, but just say, Spirit, would you move in me tonight? God, we thank you that where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom. And we thank you that in your presence right now that's here with us, you're here right now with us, that you're filling us, even this moment, you're, you're filling us with joy in your presence. You're filling us and allowing us to experience pleasure at your right hand because you're here with us right now through the Holy Spirit. And so 
God, I pray that over every one of my friends tonight, that they would find joy in your presence tonight. A joy like they've never experienced, like they've never known before. Would you allow them to experience that joy in the presence of the Holy Spirit tonight? I ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. You can have a seat. So many of you probably came here tonight and you're like, listen, dude, where are the goats? And listen, I feel you. Okay, I totally feel you. Um, we had planned to start this series called Goat, where we were gonna talk about the greatest of all time, Jesus, and, and why he's the greatest. And we're gonna do all that. We're just gonna start it next week. Today at lunch, I've been feeling like God was leading us to do something different tonight. And because of how difficult those changes would be last minute, like the day of, in a facility where we set up and tear down things and we get things ready before we ever come in here and then it's set up and it's kind of ready to go and it's hard to change last minute. But I was talking with Mark on the phone and I just said, hey, listen, I, God's speaking and I, I don't think we can wait for a couple of weeks to do this. We need to listen and respond in obedience to what God is speaking today, like in this moment. And so we're gonna do all that next week. And girls, I promise we'll have the goats here. You can take pictures with them and pet them and do all that kind of stuff. That'll, that'll be the next two weeks. They'll be here and we'll start that series and we'll do everything we plan to do. It's just gonna start next week. Tonight, we just sensed God wanted to do something different than what we had planned. And so we wanted to adjust our plans to be in line with his plans. Many of you know our heart, our vision, our desire has been for the 36, 37,000 students at Texas Tech, for every one of them to become a disciple of Jesus. For thousands of other students to go to South Plains, Wayland, Lubbock Christian, our desire has been between the, the 40 and 50,000 college students in this whole region. Our desire has been that God would use and leverage what's happening here so that every last one of those students would become a disciple of Jesus. And some of you are like, bro, that's crazy. That's impossible. That, that could never happen. Well, it's happening in other countries. In places like India, in North India, there's a movement among the Bhojpuri people group. And in about 20 years, they've seen over 16 million become baptized followers of Jesus. I've got a friend in Southern Mexico who has is overseeing a movement that's not just in Southern Mexico, but in countries in Africa and the Philippines and some other places. And they've seen over 1.2 million people come to faith in Christ over the last 10 to 15 years. I was in Africa this summer and got to meet with some guys. It was a global church planning conference. And they told us that in the last 10 years, they had seen again, 1.2 million people become followers of Jesus in East Africa. So listen, when I mention those numbers about here at Texas Tech or in this region, I, I don't say those things like they're just some pipe dream and it's crazy. Those things can be a reality. God could do that in and through us. It's possible. But one of the things our mentors, our coaches from around the world will tell us about church planning movements that can reach millions of people is that they all start with extraordinary prayer. They're founded in extraordinary prayer. They're maintained by extraordinary prayer. They're sustained by extraordinary prayer. That's where it all begins. 
And God's been doing something special here at Raider Church. And, and we sensed that God was doing something different and even special this summer. We were meeting together to pray. If you were here this summer, we were meeting together at Memorial Circle and JMB Coffee House. And we filled up a room there and we're sweating like crazy. And then we moved over uh, to uh, Kent Hance Chapel. And we met there and we were praying and, and worshiping together. And man, God was just doing something special there. People were encountering God and it really raised our expectations for what he was gonna do, God was gonna do this semester and what God was gonna do through Raider Church. And then we launched and we've had record crowds and we've had 42 people in the last three weeks commit their life to Christ. We've had nearly 700 first time guests here at Raider Church. And so, man, God's doing something special. God's doing something special here. And it's exciting, it's exciting to be a part of. But as we got into this week, we, with everything we've seen God do, we didn't feel like we could just keep going on as planned. We, we need to get extraordinary. If we're gonna be a part of extraordinary things, then we need to pray in extraordinary ways. So at this point in the semester, this isn't something we would normally do, but we felt like God was telling us to do it anyways. You see, what our coaches have told us is that if we want to reach millions of people in our region, 40 to 50,000 college students, then it takes every single follower of Jesus being a disciple that makes disciples. It's not about one person. It's not about one worship leader. It's not about one gathering. Every follower of Jesus must be a disciple that makes disciples if we're going to see those kinds of people, if we're gonna see results like that. We've said here for the last year or so that in order to reach that many college students, then we need easily over a thousand of us. We've had around 1,200 the last couple of weeks that we need all 1,200 students. And there's many more than that that come here on a regular basis, but we need all of us to be disciples that make disciples. We need all of us to go out and to preach the word of God. One person can't do it. We've got to have thousands of disciples that are out there preaching the word of God with boldness. But in order for that to happen, the Bible tells us something precedes that. Like something precedes thousands of people becoming preachers of the gospel that weren't before. Like something has to happen to us that changes us and gives us, us a desire for that before that will actually happen. So if you got a Bible, turn to Acts chapter four. Acts chapter four. And um, if you don't have a Bible, grab your phone. I don't think we got the notes updated for tonight. So just go to version on your phone or, or to a Bible app or to a Bible online or something like that. And you can read along with us. So Acts chapter four, verse 31. You can read along with me. It says, after this prayer, the meeting place shook and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and then they preached the word of God with boldness. Now, if you got it right there in front of you, I want you to kind of say this word out loud here in just a second. So it says, after this what? After this prayer. After this prayer, the meeting place shook. They were all filled with the Holy Spirit. Then they preached the word of God with great boldness. So when did the meeting place shake? Was it after this amazing song? 
No, it wasn't after a song. Did the meeting place shake like after this amazing message, like after this incredible sermon? No, that's not when it shook. The meeting place shook after they prayed. After they prayed. That's when the meeting place shook. That's when the people that were meeting together were shaken. And that's our, our prayer tonight. We want, we're gonna pray and we're gonna ask God, would you shake us? In the same way you, you shook your people in Acts chapter four, God, would you shake us? In other words, would we have a encounter with you, God? Would we have a powerful encounter with the presence of God that does something in us, that changes us so that we're marked, so that we're different from this day forward. God, would you meet with us here tonight and would you do something in our hearts tonight that changes us and marks us so that we're never the same again? That didn't happen after a song, it didn't happen after a message, it happens when we pray. That's when the meeting place shook. What happened after the meeting place shook with God's presence? It says they were filled with the Holy Spirit. How many, if you got it open there, if you got turned to it, how many people were filled with the Holy Spirit? What's that word? It's three letters. How many people? All. All. Like everyone was filled with the Holy Spirit. They prayed, the meeting place shook, and then they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. Like every one of us, like not just the preacher or the worship leader or small group leaders or, or whatever. No, 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 it says they, they all were, they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. All of them were. And if we're gonna reach 40 to 50,000 college students at Texas Tech and Wayland and Lubbock Christian and Southland, if we're gonna reach 40 to 50,000 college students, then guess how many of us need to be filled with the Holy Spirit? All of us. Not just some of us, not just a few of us, but all of us, and here's why. Because the result of them being filled with the Spirit, look in verse 31. The result of them being filled with the Spirit was that they preached the Word of God with boldness. Now when you read through Acts, many things happen when people are filled with the Spirit, all kinds of different things. But one thing is true almost every single time people are filled with the Holy Spirit, with God's presence. They preach the Word of God with boldness. It says in Acts 8, 4 that there was this persecution that broke out and they were filled with the Holy Spirit. And it says they went everywhere, all of them, preaching the good news about Jesus. They all went everywhere preaching the good news about Jesus because they were filled with the Holy Spirit. Now notice in Acts 4, 31, it doesn't say that just the preachers did it or just the staff did it or just the super spiritual did it. No, everyone was filled with the Spirit. And then it says they all, again, all were filled with the Spirit, all went out and preached the Word with great boldness. So how many of us need to be preaching the Word with great boldness if we're gonna reach 40 to 50,000 college students, if we're gonna reach millions of people in our own country, millions of people in unreached people groups around the world? How many of us need to be out preaching the Word with great boldness? Every last one of us must be out preaching the great news about Jesus. And the only way that's gonna happen is if we're filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, some of you may be here and you're like, okay, listen, what is the Holy Spirit and what does it mean to be filled with the Holy Spirit? Well, the Holy Spirit is God. The Bible teaches us that. 
It's God's presence. The Bible teaches, and it's hard to understand, but that God exists in three persons, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. We call it, in theological terms, it's called the Trinity. But basically what that means is that God the Father is God, Jesus the Son, the Son of God is God, and the Holy Spirit is God. It's the triune God. One God, but he exists in three different persons, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is just God's presence. Just like the Son of God, Jesus, was God in the flesh, the Holy Spirit is God in spirit, it's his presence. And the Bible teaches in Ephesians chapter one that when you come to faith in Jesus, like when you realize your, your sin and that you're sinful before God and that you're not right with God and you need someone to pay that fine for you in order to make you right with God, and you put your faith and trust in Jesus, the fine that he paid for you on the cross. You give your life to Jesus. The Bible says at that moment, when you give your life to Jesus, the Holy Spirit is given to you. You receive it. And Ephesians 1 says it's a deposit. And that deposit guarantees your redemption one day in heaven. God has placed his spirit, his presence within you. And it's amazing because the Bible teaches us that in the new covenant, you and I are temples of the living God. We are temples of the Holy Spirit, like God lives and resides within us. So the Holy Spirit is God, it's God's presence. It lives, it, it dwells within us. And here's what the Holy Spirit does. The Holy Spirit, Jesus said, would lead us, would guide us, would speak to us, would remind us of God's truth, would convict us of sin and righteousness. The Holy Spirit would give us the strength and the ability to follow Jesus and love Jesus and worship Jesus and serve Jesus. The Bible says in the new covenant, God would place his spirit within us and it would move us to follow Jesus. That's why some of you, even right now in this moment, as we're talking about the Holy Spirit, we're talking about these things, your heart's beating a little bit faster and God's prompting you and he's moving in you and you're getting excited about some of these things. It's because you've got the Holy Spirit and it's moving in your heart and it's giving you new desires. It's giving you new passions, new loves. You didn't have those things before. You didn't care about those things before, but the Holy Spirit within you moves you to care about new things, to do different things than you did before. That's what the Holy Spirit does within us. It moves us to do the things and to be about the things that are on God's heart. So we receive the Spirit, but we talked about this a couple of weeks ago. We've still got this outer flesh like that's tempted by sin. And so Paul talks about in Romans 7, this battle that goes back and forth, like I want to follow God and I, I want to do the things of God and I want to be obedient to Jesus and serve Jesus and love Jesus and worship Jesus. I wanna do those things, but I've got this other side of me, this flesh, there's this battle, there's this war that, that doesn't want to do those things. It wants to rebel against God. And that's that war between the spirit that lives within us and our flesh that desires the things of this world that are just gonna pass away, they're just gonna burn one day. Desires the sin that the Bible says so easily entangles us. And so there's this war going on. And so Paul says in Ephesians 5, if you've got it, 
You can turn there. It's Ephesians 5, verse 18. He tells us this. Because he knows about this war. He knows about this battle. He knows that as followers of Jesus, we've received the Holy Spirit. But he knows that a lot of times we're just, we're under the control. We're under the temptation of our flesh, of the sin that so easily tempts us. And so he says this in Ephesians 5, verse 18. He says, don't be drunk with wine because that will ruin your life. Many of us have been there and know that. Maybe some of you are there right now. He says, don't be drunk with wine because that will just ruin your life. He says, instead, watch this, be filled with the Spirit. And here in Ephesians 5, this is actually given, this is in the original Greek language, it's given as a command. Like we're commanded, Paul commands us as followers of Jesus to be filled with the Holy Spirit. You might be thinking, well, still, well, what does that mean? What does it mean to be filled with the Holy Spirit? I've received the Holy Spirit, so what does it mean to be filled with the Holy Spirit? Well, Paul gives us analogy so that we can understand it. He says, don't be drunk with wine. And many of us are like, I get that. I know what it's like to be drunk. Alcohol takes over your, your mind and what you think. It takes over the way you see things. It takes over the way that you talk. It takes over the way that you act. It takes over every part of who you are and affects the way that you do life. And so Paul says in the same way, don't, don't, don't get drunk with alcohol, but instead be filled with the Spirit. And in other words, let God through the Holy Spirit have control of your eyes and your mind and your mouth and your body, the way that you act, the way that you talk, the, what the, the things that you think about. That's what it looks like to be filled with the Holy Spirit. God's presence consuming every part of who you are and taking over and affecting the way that you talk, the way that you think, the way that you act. That's what it looks like to be filled with the Spirit, where the Spirit is controlling every part of your life. So Paul says, be filled, be filled with the Holy Spirit. Jesus said this in Luke 11, verse 13. He says, so if you sinful people know how to give good gifts to your children, watch this, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? You see, God says God's a good father and he wants to give good gifts to his kids. And the best gift that God can give you is the Holy Spirit. And so we ask as Christians, we've received the Holy Spirit, but we can come to God confidently and boldly through Jesus as God's kids, we can come to our dad and say, dad, would you fill me with your Holy Spirit? Fill me with your presence. Take over, take over my mind, my eyes, my mouth, my thoughts, my actions. Take over God. And the Bible says like a good father, God wants to do that. That's the great news. God wants to do that in you. He wants to fill you with his spirit. And remember this, it says in Psalm 16, I believe it says this, that in the presence of God, there is joy and eternal pleasure at his right hand. 
the reason why it's great news to be filled with the Spirit and that God wants us to be filled with the Spirit is because it's in the presence of God. There's joy and eternal pleasure as at His right hand. So when you're filled with the Spirit and you're living by the Spirit and you're keeping in step with the Spirit, you're going to experience the greatest joy you've ever known. You're going to experience the greatest pleasure you've ever known that nothing in this world can compare to. That's why we want to be filled with God's Spirit. Because our dad knows what's best for us. And he wants us to be filled with his Spirit. So that we'll know the greatest joys we've ever known. The greatest pleasures we've ever known. Because they only come through the filling of the Holy Spirit. And so, in Acts 1, Jesus said, the Holy Spirit was going to fill the disciples and give them power to go out and to be his witnesses. And so in Acts 2, Peter says he's filled with the Spirit. He, he stands up and he begins to speak the word of God with great boldness. Acts chapter 4, Peter and John are arrested for preaching about Jesus and, and they go and stand before the Sanhedrin, the, the spiritual rulers and authorities and they're told to stop speaking about Jesus and, and the Bible says in Acts chapter 4, it says, then filled with the Holy Spirit, Peter and John begin to tell them, listen, judge for yourself whether it's right in God's eyes to obey you rather than the God. We can't help talking about what we've seen and heard. And so they continue preaching about Jesus because they've been filled with the Holy Spirit. They're warned to stop speaking in Acts 4. Later in Acts 4, it says they go back to a meeting of believers. And what are they doing? We just read it. They're praying. And they're praying to be filled with boldness to continue preaching about the name of Jesus. And the Bible says in Acts 4, verse 31, they prayed, the place where they were meeting was shaken. They were all filled with the Holy Spirit. And then they begin to speak the word of God with great boldness. Acts chapter seven, Stephen is standing before men who are about to kill him, who are about to stone him to death. And it says he's filled with the Holy Spirit and he begins to preach the word of God with great boldness. And he shares the gospel with those who are about to stone him because he's been sharing the gospel. In Acts chapter nine, a man named Saul who persecuted followers of Jesus, threw them in jail, watched as they died, stoned people who were followers of Jesus. In Acts chapter nine, that man, his name's Saul, sees the risen Jesus, he gives his life to Jesus, he falls on his knees, he gives his life to Jesus. The Bible says he's filled with the Holy Spirit and he goes out. And you read half of your New Testament, it's from Paul. That man who was filled with the Holy Spirit and his life was so radically changed, he couldn't stop telling people who had never heard about Jesus, about Jesus. You see, when you're filled with the Holy Spirit, you preach the word of God with great boldness. And so here's my question for you tonight. If you wanna be a part of this vision to reach 40 to 50,000 college students in this region, if you wanna be a part of a vision that could reach millions of people in our own country, millions of people in unreached people groups around the world, if that's a vision then you wanna be a part of, then, then we need to pray as a group. God, would you fill us with your Holy Spirit so that I can go and preach your word with great boldness. Maybe you're here and you haven't ever really cared about that before. Maybe you've been apathetic towards the things of heaven, the things of God. You, you need to pray, God, fill me with your spirit and change my heart. Change my life. Maybe you've been living in sin. You kind of had one foot in with Jesus and 
one foot in with the world and you need to go all in with Jesus. You need to pray tonight. God, fill me with your spirit. Change my heart, change my life so that I can go all in with Jesus and never turn back. So here's what we're gonna do here in just a second. I'm gonna kneel right here and I wanna invite you to kneel with me. And we're gonna pray together. There's some different things I'm gonna lead us through. Our band's gonna lead us in worship. And we're gonna pray and ask the Spirit of God to fill us. So if you're comfortable, I just wanna ask that you get kind of get down in front of your chair and kneel with me. I'm gonna do it. And if you're here tonight and you wanna ask God to fill you with His Spirit, then just turn around in your chair and kneel as best as you can. I know it's tight, but just kneel. And I'm gonna lead us through some things to pray through. So as you kneel, just first, just begin to confess any sin that God brings to your mind and ask for the strength to repent from that sin. Say, God, fill me with your spirit and move me to turn away from my sin. Give me the strength and the power that I need to turn away from my sin. So confess that sin to God and ask God to fill you with his spirit and move you to turn away from that sin. Would you do that right now? verse 19 and 20 says, now repent of your sins and turn to God so that your sins may be wiped out and times of refreshment will come from the presence of the Lord. our sin without your spirit filling us, convicting us of our sin, changing our hearts and giving us new desires to turn away from that sin. And so God, in this moment, just like it says in Acts 3, verse 19, God, would you bring times of refreshing to every person in this room and everybody watching online right now, would you bring times of refreshing to them in Jesus' name? And that through the presence of the Lord here in this place and, and here in our hearts through the Holy Spirit, God, move us to keep all your righteous decrees. Move us towards obedience. Move in us so that we can repent and turn from those sins. Now, would you begin to pray that you could fully surrender every area of your life to God? Romans 12, verse one says, and so dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all that he's done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. So offer up your life to God, every area of your life to God, your friendships, your dating relationships, your finances, school, work, whatever it might be, sports, 
a job, lift up every area of your life to God. And if there's something you're kind of holding on to, ask God's spirit to help you offer up that area of your life as a living sacrifice and surrender it all to God. So would you do that in this moment? Would you make that your prayer? Would you ask God to enable you to preach his word with great boldness? Acts 4, 29 and 30 says, and now, O Lord, hear their threats and give us your servants great boldness in preaching your word. Stretch out your hand with healing power and may miraculous signs and wonders be done through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. In this moment, Jesus, would you fill us, your servants, with great boldness through the Holy Spirit? so that we would go out from this place tonight and we would preach your word all over this campus and all over Lubbock Christian in South Plains and, and Wayland. God, would you fill us with the Holy Spirit now that we would go out and we wouldn't be able to help but talk about what we've seen and what we've heard. We wouldn't be able to help but talk about the freedom that we've received through Jesus, the joy that we've experienced in your presence. God, would you do something in us tonight through the power of the Holy Spirit where we couldn't contain the good news about Jesus any longer. We've contained it, God. We haven't gone out and done what you've told us to do. You told us to go and make disciples of all nations, and we haven't done it. So in this moment, would you fill us with your Holy Spirit and move us, God, to desire these things of heaven more than the things of this world? Would you fill us with boldness so that we can go out and preach your word? Would you ask God for that boldness right now? Finally, would you ask God to fill you with the Holy Spirit? Ask the Spirit to take over your mind. Ask the Spirit to take over your eyes and the way that you see things. Ask the Spirit to take over your mouth and, and what you speak and what you talk about. Ask the Spirit to take over your heart and your body that you would begin to live in a different way. like that song said, just say, Holy Spirit, take over. Overwhelm me, overflow me, God, with your presence and with your spirit. And just in this moment, just yield every part of who you are to the Holy Spirit's influence and say, fill me, fill me, God, and take over. you sinful people know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him? Ask Him. As His child, ask Him to fill you with His Spirit. It's really true, God. Your Word is true. 
that in your presence there is joy and eternal pleasures at your right hand. Fill this place with your presence. And let every last person experience the joy of knowing the one true God.